Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, last week, the government launched Our Rural Future, a document containing over 150 policies aimed at reviving rural Ireland. Joining me now to discuss the plan and how it will be implemented is the Minister for Social Protection and Rural and Community Development, Heather Humphreys. Minister, Our Rural Future is the government's blueprint for reviving rural Ireland. But how will its effectiveness be measured? Good morning, Carl, and good morning to your listeners. Yes, well, we did announce the plan and it's a very ambitious plan and I think it's a time to to really make a difference in rural Ireland and there's going to be a very strong focus uh, on uh, remote working. There's 150 initiatives, so I'm going to be publishing an action plan for 2021 uh, in the next number of weeks. So just to give you a few examples, what we're looking to do this year, we're going to introduce legislation to give employees the right to to request remote working. We're going to move to 20% remote working in the public sector. Uh, We're going to examine tax arrangements for remote working as part of the October budget, identify new services that can be provided through the post offices, develop a pilot scheme to support our rural pubs as community spaces, and publish Ireland's first ever national outdoor recreation strategy with a big focus on adventure tourism because uh, people want to feel the experience and enjoy the the local amenities and there's been huge investment uh, right across the country and in your neighbouring county there of Waterford, you have the Waterford Greenway and it's very interesting to note that uh, people uh, were asked uh, why did they come to visit Waterford and out of that survey the following year after the Greenway was opened 68% of people said they visited Waterford because of the Greenway. The Greenway has been hugely successful and we're looking forward to having a few Greenways ourselves here, of course, in County Wexford. Now, as you know, local development companies have boots on the ground across rural Ireland and understand the needs of the community more than most. What level of engagement has your department had with local development companies when developing this policy? (laughs) Yeah, well, I've had a a lot of consultation and we've got a lot of views from many, many different stakeholders when we were uh, developing the policy. Uh, I've had a number of meetings with the local development companies since I became minister. So it's important to say that uh, uh, we have a very close working relationship with them because they really do great work uh, on the ground and they engage hugely with uh, communities and with rural businesses and they have supported a lot of good projects over the years. But apart from administering the leader programme, how will local development companies be involved in the implementation of our rural future? I particularly want to see them engaging with communities, uh, looking at at what the projects are on the ground. So uh, everybody knows what what their community needs. So it's about... uh, uh, providing the resources to communities, empowering them uh, to develop plans and to realise their vision for their area. And I think that the local development companies have a huge role in, in that area and they have been doing that very successfully. Now on rural living, the plan refers to the government's intention to update rural housing guidelines for planning authorities. The current national housing strategy simply does not work in rural Ireland because the requirements for 35 residential units per hectare can only be achieved by including apartments in the development. There is little or no demand for apartments outside town centres, so how do you envisage these guidelines changing to reflect rural Ireland? 
Yeah, well, I I know I live in uh, in, in in rural Ireland, and uh, I'm obviously uh, very aware of uh, the needs of rural communities. So what we're doing here is Minister O'Brien is going to review. The, the guidelines on rural housing and I think that they have to be applied more consistently uh, you know, across the country and uh, I absolutely recognise uh, the need uh, for uh, people to live in rural communities I live on a farm myself and uh, it's obviously essential that uh, we, we live uh, beside the farm and, and, but I don't want to see sort of uh, scattered uh, on, on sustainable development uh, across uh, across the country, but what we do have is we have very clear guidelines uh, on uh, on rural development. But particularly for one-off rural housing, we're going to look at that again. Now, government is also planning to establish a network of over 400 remote working hubs nationwide to enable more people to live and work in rural communities, and also to pilot co-working and hot desking hubs for civil servants in rural towns. 400 ministers seems a lot. Is this to ensure that everyone has access to one within their vicinity? Yeah, well, in May, I'm going to be uh, announcing uh, the launch of a new hub network across the country. Uh, and uh, that's going uh, to be an app where you can log on no matter where you are in the country and book a desk at the hub that's closest to you. And my department uh, and the, the Western Development Commission are working very closely on this. And when I launch that app in May, we expect uh, it will be a small number of hubs to begin with. But then we hope to grow it to 50 by the autumn and around 100 by the end of the year. And then, of course, our target is to have a network of 400 hubs all over the country over the lifetime of this policy. And uh, I think it's very important that uh, people have the opportunity to work from a hub in their community. And the one thing that I feel that this plan can give us the opportunity to do is reduce that commuting time. There's people getting on the road early every morning. They're spending maybe an hour, an hour and a half, two hours trying to get to work. And I, for those, some of many of those people, they're currently working from home. I actually think that a, a co-working space uh, or, or a hub in their local town is really where is is the most convenient for them. And I think, and I want to support that, and uh, I want to make sure that we have those facilities available for people who may that choice and this is about choices it's about giving people a better quality of life it's about reducing their commute it's about reducing our carbon emission and uh, it means they have more times in their more time in their community and more time to spend with their family and of course minister broadband has been described as the new transport of rural ireland the delayed rollout of high-speed broadband could be one of the key inhibitors of this plan how can the national broadband plan be accelerated to deliver connectivity as soon as possible in rural areas? Well, first of all, the good news is the broadband plan is being rolled out. Uh, We have a target uh, to have uh, 90% of the premises uh, in the state uh, to have been been connected uh, within the term of this plan, which is five years. Uh, But I know that Minister Ryan is working very closely with National Broadband Ireland uh, to make sure that those more rural and remote parts Uh, of the country are accelerated and maybe try and bring them all in within the five-year target. Now, just to give you an idea of the extent of the the National uh, Broadband Plan project, it's absolutely huge. 
um, it means you know the cable needed to connect all the houses that we need to connect would go around the globe uh, almost four times so that just gives you some idea it's like rural electrification but the good news is the boots are on the ground and we hope to have 60,000 premises uh, passed uh, by the end of uh, this year. As you know, that plan can't come fast enough for so many small businesses across County Wexford and indeed rural Ireland. Now, your plan also aims to have 20% of public sector staff working remotely in 2021, with further annual increases over the next five years. How are government departments and agencies going to manage and maintain productivity levels as they transition to remote working on a more permanent basis? Yeah, well, I think if COVID has taught us one thing, that remote working uh, does work. If you look at my department here of uh, rural and community development, about 95% uh, of uh, the staff are working remotely as we speak. And we've, have, we've been able to continue on and work as normal, and we've been uh, able to do the things that we have always done. And, and the other department I'm in charge of is the uh, Department of Social Protection, 50% of the staff in social protection uh, are working remotely and that's a, a you know a customer facing uh, department and uh, during that time they've been able, the, the work they have done is unprecedented they have managed to uh, pay out 21 million um, payments uh, to over 857,000 people and we have spent uh, over 6.7 billion on the PUP in the last uh, in the last year, so I think this gives you an indication uh, of of how we can work remotely. So, as I say, 50% of the staff uh, continue to do that and do that very very successfully. So, uh, I in fact, some of the surveys you, you read is that productivity level increases, quality of life improves, uh, and and workers are happy when they're working, uh, you know, in their own communities. And of course, the plan also refers to funding the repurposing of vacant buildings and town centres into remote working hubs. Will these be purchased by local authorities and repurposed? Yeah, well, we, we will work with local authorities because they can uh, identify maybe vacant buildings that they can repurpose for maybe hubs, remote working hubs or, or community buildings. And we also want to look at uh, getting people back living in the centre of town. And there's a town centre uh, first, uh, re- uh, first plan that's currently being developed between my department and the Department of Housing. And it's looking at all the different options as to how uh, we can attract people to come back and live in the centre of towns. So uh, we need to incentivise them to do that. So there's a number of different options there. Uh, for example, uh, uh, the, you have the help to buy scheme at the minute for first time uh, buyers if they're building or buying a new house. So maybe we should uh, st- you know, expand that further, have a look at uh, at how we can uh, identify maybe certain properties in the in the centre of towns for young uh, first-time buyers and maybe help them to look at that as an alternative. Again, these are discussions I I I, I will be having with my colleagues. But if what if COVID has, has taught us one thing is to think outside the box and we can find solutions. And government is also planning to examine the introduction of specific incentives to attract remote workers and mobile talent to live in rural towns. I know that an initiative in Savannah, Georgia, has caught the attention of your officials. How does this scheme work? We looked at this scheme in in the US. Uh, so uh, 
Savannah is is a town that wanted to, you know, attract workers. And they they looked at the the tech workers in Silicon Valley. So uh, they they decided we need to incentivize them to come here. So what they did was they said, we we will offer you a relocation grant of $2,000 to come uh, and uh, work and live in in Savannah in the state of Georgia. And so it, it has it has worked for them. So we're going to we're going to try and roll that out here, and uh, you know get get people interested. So what it really is, it's about government saying. Uh, we want you to look at these options. This is about a choice. If you decide uh, to come uh, to work uh, and live in rural Ireland, we want to give you a helping hand. And uh, that, the, that's, that's the idea behind this. And I hope to come out with further details uh, in the next month or so on how that will work. You were also planning to develop a new pilot scheme to support the use of rural pubs as community spaces and hubs for local services. Rural pubs generally occupy small spaces and with social distancing expected to continue well into the future, what type of local services do you envisage will be made available in these rural pubs? Yeah, well, I've been engaging with the Vintners Federation on this and they came forward with this proposal. So we're looking at models that other countries such as the UK have used. And I think it's important to say that this isn't about alcohol. There would be a clear demarcation on that. The fact is that some rural pubs only open at the weekend and uh, some of them are closed during the day. So a lot of them have, you know, they're fine spaces and they're very comfortable and they could be used by maybe communities, whether it's the local development association meeting there. Maybe you could have a community library, you could get a projector, have a community cinema. Or, or maybe it's a case of going back to what really worked well in the past, which was the local uh, pub and the local shop, all part of the one, uh, you know, the the, the one the, the one uh, building. So uh, there's a number of things there, and uh, I, I'm working very closely with the, with the Vintners Federation on this, and we will be rolling out a pilot scheme uh, soon. And of course, uh, that's only one service in, in, in rural Ireland. There's also uh, the important service uh, of the post office. And I know Minister Hildegard Nocton has set up a group to look at increasing government services provided in the post office for, you know, whether it, maybe they could provide driver's license renewals, public service cards. So my department's part of that group and I'll be working with uh, post offices to increase the services that they provide. Government has also set a target of 400 new IDA investments for regional locations outside of Dublin over the period 2021 to 2025. That's an ambitious target, but how are you going to ensure that counties such as Wexford get its fair share of announcements over the five-year period? Yeah, well, uh, the, the the IDA, of course, are one of the best agencies in the world in attracting attracting uh, inward investment, uh, and of course, they have done they've been extremely successful in doing so uh, and getting some really uh, wonderful investments into this country. So, what to do? First of all, you have to get the investor uh, attracted uh, to, to come to Ireland and then of course they will showcase uh, the, the, the offerings that are available and when you look at what you have in Wexford now you have the, the wonderful uh, Enniscorthy bypass which uh, has reduced the, you know, the, the, the time to go to Dublin. You now have an enhanced uh, Rosslare Harbour and there's been huge improvements uh, uh, through the county in terms of your roads infrastructure and indeed other projects. So uh, I, I I have no doubt the idea will be promoting uh, Wexford as an attractive place in which to do business. 
And government is also planning to develop and construct advanced technology buildings and landing space for multinational companies with strategic regional locations. How will these locations be selected? Yeah, well, the idea uh, will uh, look at the the locations in consultation with the Department of Enterprise, Trade and Employment, and uh, those will be um, mapped out in, in due course. You're also publishing a new action plan for apprenticeships to ensure that we have a modern and responsive apprenticeship programme in key regional sectors. Now, there are currently 58 different apprenticeships available in Ireland. However, only a handful of these are available on site in County Wexford. Is this going to change or will apprentices need to continue to travel across the country to complete an apprenticeship minister? Yeah, well, Minister Harris has put a huge focus uh, on uh, the apprenticeships and uh, he, he, I know he's rolling out two um, additional apprenticeships in, in the agriculture and in horticulture and he, he is very keen that uh, we can deliver as many of these services uh, as close to the user as possible and we're also, he's also looking at uh, developing more technological universities. So again, it's about, uh, you know, we have now, we have the, the advantage of uh, digitization and, and all of the benefits that that brings. So we have to embrace that in terms of our education system as well. And that's exactly what he's going to be doing. And Minister, finally, how long do you expect the domestic economy will take to recover to pre-COVID-19 levels? Well, that will uh, depend on how quickly we can get the economy opened again. But I expect, I'm very, very hopeful and uh, that uh, once once the economy gets gets opened up again, that we will recover quickly. Now, of course, there are going to be areas where, where jobs will be lost, and that's why I'll be launching a, a strategy. It'll be called Pathways to Work, and it's how we can get people back to work, how we can support them, whether it's uh, upskilling or retraining. Uh, again, uh, I'll be working very closely with Minister Harris on that, Uh, And there'll be a number of different initiatives to help people uh, get back to work again, because that's what we want to do, get as many people back working as possible. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Minister for Social Protection and Rural and Community Development, Heather Humphreys. And I would like to thank the Minister for taking time out of her busy schedule to join us on this morning's show. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.